0: Again, I'm I'm quiet for one more time, because here I go. What is tantric sex? Five ways can make your sex life better. For starters, tantric sex can help you have more intense orgasms. That is a fact of my life by Maggie O'Neill, updated May 28, 2019. If you've heard about tantric sex, you might have been told that it involves crazy weird sex positions or sex that lasts an entire weekend long. But these descriptions don't ne- don't accurately depict tantric sex or its many benefits, like how it helps you experience deeper pleasure and forge a tighter bond with your partner. Let me say, I do have crazy weird sex positions that I do, and I do have sex last entire week long whenever I feel like it. And I do experience uh, deeper pleasure, and forge, and I do forge tighter bonds with my partners. I do. First, it's important to note where tantric sex comes from. Tantra is from an old Sanskrit language, and tantric sex is a very ancient way of being together. Tantra means the weave. Sex therapist Holly Richmond, PhD, tells Health, she says her patients view tantric sex as something almost mystical. That's what happens for me. Um, wow ain't very into being together and the weave boom i didn't know I, I was having these things about tantric sex and my tantric sex life until now but her definition is a little clearer and it's not sex for just sexuality purposes or physiological release but pleasure sensuality being together and taking time to have sex which explains she's explaining more of my my realities all sex is about pleasure, sure, but tantric sex places an emphasis on focusing on pleasure while you're having sex. I do those things. Think mindfulness during sex. I do that. You probably already know how beneficial mindfulness is in your everyday life, I do, can be, but you might not have thought about how beneficial to be in bed in other sexual settings. I fully thought about it right now. Here are five surprising ways tantric sex could shake up things in sheets and outside of the sheets because all of the other environments that you're intercourse in for relations it takes the performance element out of sex that is marvelous for me tantra is kind of like the anti-porn richmond Blue. while porn isn't necessarily bad it can make a person feel like whatever is happening on screen is a sexual norm this puts the focus of sex off of pleasure and makes it more of a presentation. Porn is performance space. but sex is so about helping people slow down and get out of this performance mindset, she explains. Wow. She's speaking my truths. This means not obsessing over what your body or their body is supposed to look like and getting to a deeper headspace of thinking and feeling. How can your, your partner and partners achieve this shit? start with eye gazing sit together so you're facing each other holding hands and gaze into each other's eyes richmond advises this moves the focus away from anxious desire killing thoughts like am i going to stay hard or what does my cellulite look like i apply all of those things well it allows you to communicate exactly what you like as many mindfulness practices do tantric sex requires concentrating on exactly what you're experiencing in the moment Richmond says that and your partnership, should focus intensely on, ex- on exactly what feels good while you're touching and letting each other know what strokes sh- you want more of. Be as specific as possible, Richmond advises, For example, you could say, I love it when you touch me. Here, she suggests. You could also know that you don't like being touched in a certain area. Focusing on touch, what does his hand on your stomach feel like? Richmond says. Get out of your head and into your body. That's what tension is all about. Wow. I communicate exactly what I like. By the way, my partners and I keep the performance element out of sex out. Uh in my personal life, of course. And my partners, so I see tantric sex, and violence being exactly what we like. So we do all these things. Uh, connection is one of the pillars of tantric sex. Now for my partners and I that's true. If you're looking for ways to bond to your partner or partners more deeply, tantric sex is for you. While fast carnal quickies are fun, especially for me, tantric is about getting into positions that require physical closeness and contact. So you can connect on a more soulful level for better connection I, I almost always recommend positions where you're facing each other which one says tantric sex also encourages casual and committed couples and people to devote a lot of time to getting it on this idea of getting it on this idea of a deeper connection that's not just about getting off it's about longer sessions which explains as a guideline, she says the minimum amount of time tantric sex lasts about is, is about 15 minutes the maximum some of the clients report having tantric sex for hours and hours well i have tantric sex for 15 minutes i have tantric sex more than 15 minutes i have tantric sex for hours and hours i have tantric sex for hours that's like it's like hours part, because that's just how i do it considering the average regular sex section clocks in at seven minutes only that would be considered a quickie for me this is a drastic increase in time spent having this time this is a drastic increase in time spent having sexual partner partners. True, think of it as an investment that pays off a deeper relationship and more intense pleasure all these things apply to me and my partners perfectly so far you get to redefine what sex is oh my partner's nice yes we do practicing tantric sex means throwing expectations of sex out the window redefine what sex is sex actually not just penetration which explains the way you have tantric sex don't focus on what you think your partner should be doing in bed and all the other sexual settings. Instead think, what do you want it to be for you today? Do you want penetration? Do you want to masturbate together? Yes, 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 I answer the questions because I am just genuine. Richmond says that often couples simply go through the motions when they're having sex, they'll stop them to think about what they want to do. When I say couples, I say casual and committed, you know? And I, and, and I don't exclude group sex group. Y'all know, that's my thing. Taking the time to figure that out is one benefit that make your relationship more honest and open. Ooh, okay. Perfectly explaining my tantric sex life with my partners. Okay. And lastly, lead to better orgasms. If you're not already convinced, you should give it a try. This might convince you more and better. You're Not surprising that sex is an intensified connection with your partner and help you focus on what feels good it might lead to a better finale. Richmond says her patients have confirmed that telling her that orgasms are more intense during tantric sex. The orgasms are better, especially if you're looking at each other's eyes. She says, Ooh. So I, I experienced the better orgasms than my partners, too. So basically, it takes a performance element out of sex. That's a tantric sex reality from my partners and myself. It allows you to communicate exactly what you look like. That's a tantric sexuality reality from my partners and myself. Connection with the pillars of tantric sex. That's a tantric sex reality from my partners and myself. You get to redefine what sex is, that's a tantric sex reality for partners and myself, and it can lead to better orgasms. That's the tantric sex reality for partners and myself? Also in conclusions, this is great. My partners and I are the masters and experts of tantric sex. Okay, of course I gotta put religion in just one more time. I am a secular humanist. Secular humanism is a noun. It means a comprehensive non religious life stance that incorporates a naturalistic philosophy, a cosmic outlook rooted in science, and a consequentialist ethical system. So, let me keep it simple. Secular humanism for me is my non religious worldview rooted in science, philosophical naturalism, humanistic ethics. Okay. Instead of my relying on faith, doctrine, and mysticism, secular humanists like me. Is compassion, critical thinking, and human experience to find solutions to human problems. Secular humanists like me promote values including integrity, benevolence, fairness, and responsibility, and believe that with reason, goodwill, the free exchange of ideas and tolerance, we can build a better world for ourselves and future generations. Further, secular humanism that I practice maintains that through a process of value inquiry informed by scientific and reflective thought, human beings can reach rough agreement concerning values crafting ethical systems that deliver optimal results for human beings in a broad spectrum of circumstances. Secular humanists like me wish to encourage wherever possible the growth of moral awareness and the capacity for free choice and understanding of the consequences of are free inquiry in 1980. That's basically me. I am a secular humanist. It's the last one, y'all. And I conclude, all right? EWSingles.com, the guide to primal Fetters letting an animal out. We all love sex we're all animals by nature. Those are two facts about me already. So what happened to us humans? Why did we throw out our primitive sex, I did not, based on our instinct to make room for social norms and sexual behavior? We went astray somewhere along the path, I did not. And my goal here is to remind everyone that we all need some form of primal action time kind to of time. Hey, that's so factual. Whenever I think about primal sex, there's always been scene in my head a caveman hitting his woman on the head with a stick and dragging her back to his cave. And I gotta say, it kind of does the trick for me. God damn. As long as she is consenting, people, consenting, all right. I've always wondered what it's like to just let go afterwards to say only primal grunts and raw breathing from excitement during sex. Those are my erotic occurrences. (laughs) If you had similar thoughts, always wanted to know what it's like having primal sex. Stick to this blog and I'll try to dive in this quite elusive fetish. Keep in mind that most primal people say that primal is not a fetish but a lifestyle. That's the truth. Ain't that the truth? They say that you can't hide your primal nature. I can't. Like people can hide their fetishes when in public or when they just met another partner, a primal. Hey, I'm open about it. I just do it within law and reason. What is the primal fetish are you coming to bed honey <laughs> again what is a primal fetish before i start i have to say that most primal people say that primal is fetish for lifestyle you say it again they say that you can't hide your primal nature like people can hide the fetishes from the public when they just met another partner i'm repeating myself but to keep things simple we call it a primal fetish now i'm saying something new <laughs> primal fetish is basically a style of bds simple with a twist ooh turned on by being honest about me. The primal play as it is referred to by some of the former sex is much more animalistic than the sex we are used to having or seeing in porn. I'm accomplishing that. When I say animalistic, I don't mean just a little rougher sex than usual. You now I can go there. Wink. I mean really going animal style in the bedroom or all the other sexual settings. I'm the pro at these things. The fetish is all about letting go of your civil behavior and dropping down on all fours with the pure intention of mating. Well, I mate without pregnancy because of my birth control usage called condoms. <laughs> uh-huh. You may think that this fetish is like fury or yiffy subgenre sex, and you're both right and wrong. Most of the things you do in primal sex overlap with the furry or yiffy practice. Remember there are two separate things and people may get offended if you call them the same thing. Teach their own. What does primal sex include? This is what my primal sex involves, okay? Now I'm talking about me here. My primal sex involves consent, enthusiastic consent, more importantly, restraint, dominance, submission, out of control. Finding your inner self, lots of noise, animalistic, all within law and reason. People who practice primal sex often abandon standard BDSM rules in the form of toys, ropes, bars, and things, which we usually find in BSM session. Hey, I do um I do toys, ropes, bars, and things in BDSM sessions that I have. That's true. Um, they will always go for the pure animalistic representation of humans in the form of excess hair, long nails, naked skin, and teeth. Hey, I go, I go on those things. I do those things, too. The next step in primal play usually involves some kind of role play in which they perform kind of a dominant takedown. Usually the male will be the aggressive one and capture the female, but that isn't always the case. Sometimes for me, the female is the aggressive one, and they capture me. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Or my partners who are LGBTQ plus, they're the aggressive ones They capture me. I'm pansexual. I capture them. I'm the aggressive one too. Sometimes the couple or group sex just, hey, we'll get into a sort of wrestling for domination that can last for quite some time. That's what I do. This role will most likely involve a lot of growling, sniffing, scratching If they're up to it. Oh, I am. As you can probably tell, Primal Play is very passionate central for all partners all parties and all types of couples that tend to practice primal sex, like I do, recommend that everyone should try it at least once after 10 loss count. <laughs> you never know what kind of animal lurks in you until you give it a go. My life has been changed for the better forever. If you know what I am verbally dishing out, there are basically two scenarios in primal play primal dumpers, primal sub this is the ideal form of a prime relationship in most cases this is no fighting for control and all the parties will enjoy their votes of the fullest the primal dom likes to scratch and the subprime loves being scratched the dom primal loves to chase his prey and the subprime loves to be the prey the subprime will never challenge the dom unless they faithful to the role on the other hand dom prime will always be the dominant one so sometimes i do primal dom versus primal sub okay Primal Dom versus Primal Dom. Now, in this sort of primal relationship, things tend, t- tend to get a bit chaotic. Both parties of the dominant and will back unwillingly. The sex session will usually start one dom challenging the other in form of a bite or scratch. The other dom will then respond in a similar fashion and play is on. Both, dorms will constantly re- both doms will constantly wrestle and fight for domination not just during the foreplay, but also during sex. This can lead to accumulated sexual tension to be released in mind-blowing, orgas- mind-blowing orgasms for both doms. So these two are the most frequent cases. I found out that people who are primal don't necessarily engage in only two-person relationships. They often make packs with more people than they trust. it's not common for primal folks to swing even have orgies. I have orgies and I swing. And I don't necessarily engage in only two-person relationships, I engage in more than two-person relationships. I make packs with more people than I thought I could trust because they are trustworthy. So yes, I do primal don versus primal don. Primal Fetish Guide How to, Guide to Having Primal Sex. Um, being primal solely based on not having any guidelines or man it varies from one person to another and everyone experiences their primal nature in their own way. That said, there's some advice I can share with you to help you get started or to actually find out if you're primal or not. First, find a partner who's down to play consent, I do that. If you're in a relationship or you're seeing someone already and you haven't discussed with natural primal, have no fear. There's a pretty simple test that you and your partner or partners can take that with all your fantasies. You can always communicate be open to each other, but sometimes it's easy to do that using a sex test, alt.mojotgrade.com. Into your basic info and get started, it's best that you do this separately and be completely honest as it will help you to advance your relationship and sex life. If you're a single and want to find someone to play with, then I suggest you hop on some adult friend finder or Reddit personals. There are plenty of people willing to have adventures and answer all your questions if you're unsure what to do. By the way, I am open to engaging in hookup sites. But more importantly, most of my hookups will be in person without the use of the site. But some of my hookups will be on on apps, hookup apps that I'll be using. Okay. The safe ones, all right? The safe ones. Okay. Have some rules in place. I do. As I mentioned before, most couples are into the promise of to have no rules and In most cases, nothing is forbidden. The more you let go, the better experience will be. The key is communication. Not everything that other primal couples will be a thing. Balance is necessary, and the most important thing is to feel comfortable with what you're doing, saying, thinking, and feeling. But if you're truly primal, you'll be immersed in the act, as people say that being primal is a lifestyle, not a fetish. Light a candle and get naked. That's what I do. Imagine having sex like a caveman. I do that in reality. There were no lights back then, only the fire that, either made your, that you either made yourself or got lucky with Thunderstrike. That fired up a tree near you. Get into that rope, put a lot of panic, get naked, start wrestling with your partner until you're both sweating and breathing heavily. Then plunge into them like a prize you won on a hunting trip. That's my stilo, my style. Pick where you fuck carefully. I absolutely do. The floor is better for primosex. maybe on a rope or put a soft cover on your floor. I do these things. Anything that a saw allows you to go nuts without worrying about noise and slash breaking something. My psychology is being detailed, people. Although many primal people choose to have sex in nature and make some of the environment, I do. I do both. That completes the whole primal roleplay. Try to take your part out in the woods or look nearby where there are no people around. I do that. This is where your true animals will come out and play under full moonlight. Yes! That is so mean. Let your animal, let your inner animal out. I absolutely do. The point of being at primal is letting go the full meaning of those words. Walk like an animal, think like an animal, be the animal. Don't hesitate to make loud noises, grunting heavily, be dominant, and breathe like a cheetah after a sprint for its lunch. I do all the above. Never be afraid of biting, I'm not, I do biting. Scratching, I do scratching. Hair pulling, I do that. Spanking, I do that i am looking at part of fierce way let's just say i'm the giver and receiver of all that i do think feeling say sexually do what comes natural you will work out what kind of animal you are quick that's me y'all the most important thing is just relax and go to the flow of nature that's how i feel some people like it rough some soft some switch between the two I switch between the two. I like it rough. I like some soft. And more importantly, again, I I'm emphasize so I switch between the two. There are a few variations of primal relationships that I mentioned earlier, but sometimes you may encounter people tend to switch roles. Me, the dominant primal, because sometimes want rough sex, sometimes wants to go soft. Me, again, the submissive one could also switch their state of mind to either rough sex or soft. Me, for the third time, in that some primal even reverse the whole role, and sometimes the one you thought was submissive to you will try to challenge in a dominant way. That could be me nice sometimes. You never know what could in the animal kingdom. Hey, hey, that's that's, that's... that's that's evidence for it. Adding role play, you can, I do that. You can pretend to be anyone you fancy, maybe even role play situations. Sometimes make it easier to let yourself go. Some people embody certain animals, do what feels natural to you. There are many people that watch get off to animal porn your partner might be one of them ask them if they want you to be a certain animal you can help with that wish by dressing a certain way even wearing leather mittens on your hands and feet as hooves or paws anything goes with imagination desires are all it takes Ooh, i've never seen animal porn but everything else is true for my life let's just put it that way um safe words. Even though words are kind of forbidden in prom play, that is, after all, be the same kind of sex life. Although you're both, considering to what you're doing, have made the rules clear, there are always situations where things get tricky. In that case, it's best to have a safe word that immediately stop whatever you are doing and drop the whole session if needed. It doesn't necessarily need to be a word. It could be a sort of loud noise, grunt, or tap on the skin. Anything in your partner is set to be a safe word before venturing and play is acceptable and should be respected by both parties. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, so basically, I've penis sleeves um penis sleeves the penis sleeve from love Honey can truly change the way you have prime play in your bedroom it can add up to three inches to your cock and has a pleasuring texture along the whole shaft. it also has a ball loop that is used to fix the penis, sleeve, penis the, the penis sleeve in place and not allow for much movement it also has a ball loop that is used to fix the penis sleeve in place and not allow for much movement it's realistic in shape, but supersized and is made from clear, soft plastic that allows you to see your erect penis inside. Get into the role play of a horse or an elephant with this bad boy, and your woman will feel the difference. And your partner will feel the difference. Hey, LGBTQA plus or not, you know? Gags. Grunting, making noise, one of the main things in primal play, and has never been easier this Dominic's open mouth lip gag is an ring gag that keeps the subs', subs his lips open for all sorts of exciting stuff to happen. Inside diameter of the O ring is. It's an O ring gag. Okay. The inside diameter of the O ring is 1.5 inches with 11 hole buckle fastening that ranges between 16 and 23 and a half inches. It will ensure a perfect fit on any subject's head. The non scented silicone mouthpiece is non intrusive but helps keep your partner's mouth open. Strap this toy on your lover and watch their drool drip like an the animal they are. You can also take a look at this ball gag guide for more advice. Restraints. Adding these restraints to your bed allows the whole animal role play You can use them in numerous ways. For example, these fantastic bondage boutique black restraints can help you to so your partner and let you have your dominant way with it. There are no permanent fixtures or fittings on this kit and it's pretty easy to use and store away. They're perfect for a corner to corner spreader bar and are suitable for most beds. If you want to tame the animal or your partner, this is the kit I would recommend. So I'm open to trying restraints, gags, and penis sleeves. Um, why well, crave primal sex in closing? If you crave primal sex, there's nothing to be worried about or ashamed of. Yeah, after all, we're all animals by nature, true, and our instincts might be delivered or pushed aside. Yeah, we all want that hot, steamy action without any words to happen at one point in our lives. In this day and age, this is at the reach of everyone's hand. I love being mentioning this. Let go of everything you've experienced so far and get ready to. Fuck like never before in the form of primal sex. Find a partner who you trust and has the same interest as you and gets on all fours to make with them with no words uttered, only grunts and passion experiment, have fun. This is the motherfucking truth that they're talking about. Um let's just say this. I love, this is what I love. When it comes to body types, I am attracted to keep me on suspensive I'm trying to find the synonyms for what I'm talking about I am a ch- I love brawny men. I love women that are denoting or relating to clothes with size larger than those found in standard ranges. Another way of saying it, I love w- women who have an extra large size category of clothing, especially for themselves. Brawny means physically strong, as well as muscular. Or bulky, if you will. I love neat genitalia. I love thickness. Fitness and curvaceousness as a pansexual person. And lastly, um, I like well, huh? Um, Basically. My partialisms, I have, partialism meaning, I have a foot fetish, I have an eye fetish, I have armpit fetish, I have a back-slash-dorsi fetish, I have a breast fetish, I have a buttocks fetish, I have a nose fetish, I have a hair fetish, I have a navel slash belly button fetish, I have a belly-slash-stomach fetish, I have a hand fetish, I have a leg fetish, I have a lip fetish, I have a mouth fetish, I have a face fetish, I have a testicles fetish, I have penis fetish, I have a, Hips fetish, I have a waist fetish. I have a thighs fetish. fetish. I have a knee fetish. Everything about my partners are a fetish. I just don't fetishize them. They don't fetishize me, but everything about me is a fetish. And we engage in ethical body worship of each other. Um, and we hit each other's earjigging zones. The ones that are typical. Front, back, everywhere, you know. And explore each other's entire bodies in every which way, up and down, from head to toe, side to side, round and round, all over. nothing wrong I like hourglass figures but I also like the muscle power. I just love physically fit bodies whether muscle or not I love shapely figures myself I just am done talking about my sex life. There's nothing more to say than the fact that I'm a sensitive lover. I'm a generous lover. And I'm motherfucking proud to be both. Comes spice.com. January 15, 2021 Three Benefits of Sexual Adventure Now, I'm, before I elaborate any further, this is the Christian perspective of sexual adventure. But, because I'm a secularist, I wanna talk about my sexual adventure from a more inclusive perspective. Song of Songs, chapter 7, verse 12. Let us go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded, if their blossoms have opened up, the pomegranate. pomegranates are in bloom, there I will give you my love. Now, this is a very heteronormative way they put it, but I don't want to put it that way because I think these adventures can happen not just to married people or heterosexual people or gender people. It can happen in unmarried queer relationships, okay? People's sexual responses can be finicky, can it? Sometimes a person's body seems to have a mind of its own. It could be a relief to find something that quote unquote works, that is, it leads us to an orgasm. We're relieved to have a path that we're pretty sure will get us there. Our partners are relieved that to know just what to do. I'm not one to dismiss the value of having something that works. Even routine vanilla sex can be a great experience. Vanilla is, after all, a reliable and mellow flavor even so it's also good to learn to enjoy a little sexual adventure what counts as adventure adventure doesn't require an exotic swing from the chandelier thing that's my thing by the way, and I do like vanilla, I also prefer unconventional sex the most. it's often closer to the partners in the song of songs who go out to make love in the vineyards rather than in their verdant bed. Actually, nature sex, having sex in a nature environment, count me in. In a bed, well, that's obviously count me in on that, but I'm saying. All it takes to be adventurous is something a little different than your usual sexual activity, whether it's a small change to something you usually do or a brand new activity. Try a new position, I do that. Enjoy your go-to position in a different location in the house with different lighting or using a wedge pillow to help you shift the angle just a bit. I do that. Take, it a week, take a weekend away and see how many new sexual activities or positions you can try. I do that. Play a game that tells you some things to try. I do that. Try to change your speed, either trying to find out how fast you can both reach orgasm Or slowing way down until you're both feeling desperate for release. I do that. Add a little food into your sexual play. I do that. Have sex outside in a private location. I do that. Use a new artificial lubricant. I do that. Change your usual touch by altering the firmness or speed of your touch. I do that. Or instead of touching with your hands, touch with your mouth or your hair. I do that. Try a homemade sex swing. It's much safer than swinging from the chandeliers. I do that. Why adventure? As I said, there's nothing wrong with having sex in a way that is familiar. We can find great comfort and connection routine. That said, sexual adventure offers three important benefits that make it worthwhile at least some of the time. Number one, adventure can enhance your sexual pleasure. That's already the first benefit of my sexual adventure ride. Doing something out of the ordinary can enhance our sexual enjoyment. Even a small adjustment in location or position stimulates our senses in new ways. It may be that your partner's thrusting stimulates your genitalia. In an entirely different way in a different position or ankle which just might feel amazing new physical sensations from sexual feelings to sense to touch to what we see can help you focus on the sexual experience if you could use help being more sexually present i must say that this also applies to those who have more than two people type sex okay adventure helps helps you experience sex in a new way and it can help you learn more about what you like in bed and all the other sexual settings and, and again everything i'm saying applies to those who love to have two person intercourse everything i'm saying number two adventure helps build intimacy they're talking about me again when you do something new or in a new way There's usually something to figure out, and the process of figuring out can draw you and your partners closer. Your sexual adventure may involve making a purchase. As you discuss which game to buy or which revealing clothing you should wear, you're sharing a goal and learning more about each other's preferences and desires. You're creating one and simply in talking about what you're going to do. Once you place the order, you share the anticipation as you wait for it to arrive and then put into action. Some people avoid new sexual activities because they're concerned they won't do it right. You know what? That's part of the fun and connection. You and your partner will need to work together to solve the problems of logistics. Where do your legs and arms go? How can you pour chocolate syrup on your spouse without having a drip all over the bed? Oh. How can you pour chocolate syrup on your partners? I'm talking to the unmarried too now. How can you pour chocolate syrup on your partners without having it drip all over the bed? How can you make sure no one sees you? Let me say it again to people who don't just have sex in the bed. How can you pour chocolate syrup on your partners without having it drip all over the other sexual settings? How can you make sure no one sees you as well? Ding, ding, ding. Figuring these things out together strengthens the intimacy of a sexual encounter. And when something doesn't work and your partner falls out of you or you roll out of the bed, you roll off the bed, <laughs> you know, the other sexual settings, Sometimes you just roll off A table, the washer, (laughs) you laugh together, and that builds intimacy too. When you and your partners look back on those adventures later, your shared memories can help you re-experience those feelings of connection. One year, um, this person's partner And that person tried quite a few new-to-us activities. The one that quote-unquote worked the least is the one we remember the most fondly because of how we talked about it afterward, how we were so relieved when we gave up on the adventurous idea and dived right into the comfort of our usual routine. Number three, adventure fosters flex... Adventure fosters flexibility. Adventure fosters flexibility. this is the last benefit that they're referencing me, yours truly. Throughout the lifetime of your relationship, whatever it is that y'all have agreed to, flexibility is important, not the bendy kind of flexibility. Be the kind of prepares person to make adjustments and changes as needed. Different life seasons will present different challenges to your sex life. Our sexual interest may have ups and downs as we deal with various stresses that life presents. Our bodies may respond differently after surgery, illness, or all the other circumstances that life brings. A partner may struggle with sexual interest or genitalia conditions, quality as they face stress or begin to grow older Uh, sometimes you may suddenly realize that the usual sexual routine you enjoyed for years simply won't work anymore you and your partner will need to make changes if you have learned to be comfortable with a little sexual adventure it isn't much of a stretch to try something new to accommodate a life change if you and your partner have not gained that flexibility though a small life flip can pose a big hurdle for you in the bedroom and all the other sexual settings. Sexual adventure is a little like being in training. Occasional sexual adventure in the early years of your early years or months or days of however the duration of y'all dynamics of y'all relationship can prepare to make adjustments in the Either the later years, or the later months, the later days, or however long y'all decide to stick together in in any dynamic y'all have, that's, that's, that's real. So, the question is, are you ready to explore? You know. Sexual adventure can help you expand your repertoire, go closer to your partners, be prepared to address changes throughout your life. There is no time like the present to get started. Some people get offended, this was written by um, Chris Taylor, um, some people get offended because this originally says a Christian wives towards sweetness, spice, and the marriages, and she talked about pregnancy, erection, she said her husband the whole time, uh, she talked about menopause, but the reason why I chose to address this to the unmarried, not just the married, it's not to be blasphemous, it's not to be sacrilegious it's not to be a religious bigot of none of those things. I just know that these things, like, yes, I love the exotic swimming and the chandeliers thing. I do personally. But the reason why, um, let me get back, I just wanted to make sure I said that. But the reason why I put this episode for us to um, have for the marriage and unmarried is because. My job is not to be a moralist in the religious sense. My job is to be a human rights champion, meaning I can't dictate what your personal life is going to be and not going to be. What I can give you is the human rights version of how to do, say, think, and feel, whatever it is you're going to indulging, just don't hurt anybody, and respect each other and yourselves, and that's all I can say to you, those are the things that I know that I can say to you, so it's not about stepping on anybody's religious beliefs, I just know that these experiences happen whether you're married or unmarried, so I can't just address one audience, a human rights person, you have to address all audiences, so that's why I chose to do it that way. So, yes, I'm sexually adventurous. I'm sexually adventurous in ways that that honor me. More importantly, honor the others. And there's no harm done at all. So, here we go. I want to talk now about... I'm a sapiosexual, I've said this before, but I want to give you a new look at it. One more look, HackSpirit.com, six signs. My people who are sapiosexual have these six special traits by Lachlan Brown's life, 16,000, 10, 38 AM, mindful living. Um, Have you heard the term sapiosexual gone around and wondered what it meant? Or are you trying to figure out if you identify as a sexual and read on? Gone are the days where romance blossomed from a coy look across a ballroom or an introduction from someone your parents deemed appropriate. In today's world of internet dating, there's an app for that. It's more likely that you'll look at a picture on your phone for five seconds before you swipe right to indicate that you like the other person. They say romance is dead, huh? If you identify as a sexual, this word sort of instant matches and quick hookups may not be for you. Well, actually, I'm open to instant matches and quick hookups with positive adults. So, as positive adults, I go for it. Simply put, a sapiosexual, someone who cannot be attracted to someone unless they first develop an emotional connection. Well, I have an emotional connection to my partners. It's not about Fidelity in terms of monogamy. It's more about because you're a human being, I honor your feelings and you honor mine. Pretty simple. So yes, I'm a sapphiose Um the quote is a sapphire sexual person does not experience sexual attraction unless they form a strong emotional connection with someone. It's more commonly seen in but by no means com- confined to romantic relationships. I'm an extraordinary sapiosexual because um, I don't confine my sexual attraction and strong emotional connections to romantic relationships. I don't. Nevertheless, this term does not mean that sapiosexuals have an incomplete or half sexuality. I'm glad they said that because you know I'm glad they are speaking about me correctly. Um, nor does it mean that sexual attraction or emotional connections is required for a complete sexuality. When I say emotional connection in this sense, they're talking about what they said earlier, the romantic kind. Um, glad they said that too, but they're also talking about me, correctly again. In general, demisexuals are not sexually attracted to anyone of any gender. However, when a sapio sexual is emotionally connected to someone else or the feelings of romantic love or deep friendship, the sapio sexual experiences sexual attraction and desire for only towards a specific partner and partners. Um, like my but bo- that's true for me in a sense. The other sense is I can express attraction to people that I see walking down the street. And I don't know, them, but they, they have their body looks the way I like it to look. So yes, but my sexual attraction desire builds up even more once I get to know these people. So that's the best way to put it. I, I am a demisexual, like, because... I make sure I explain to you how that in this real quick. Because I did say I was that early episode. Like I do have strong emotional connections, so I'm in it. so yes, I do have demisexual. I am demisexual because this is how I break it down for myself. I don't have The whole, they have to meet society standards of beauty. That's not me. Mine is more of, uh, there are times where I have a strong emotional connection with specific people by getting to know them. Um, I already care about them as people, but. The strong emotional connection happens even more once I get to know specific persons. And, um, I do experience sexual attraction once the emotional connection is made. So some people, yes, other people, everybody's different. So sometimes that happens, the sexual attraction happens once I get to know a person. Even though I first see them, you know, I may think they're nice looking, but for some nice looking people, once I get to know them, and they're really awesome. I want to fuck them. Let's just be clear. And then there are other people where they have sexual attraction already through the roof. As soon as we talk, start talking, we already want to fuck each other. They're like, "Damn, Tony is fucking kind as hell." See, so see. So yes, that happens to me. I, 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 my. Sexuality is very complex. So I, I am I do see myself as a thing, my sex, I my sexuality. But let me get back to my being sapphire sexual. I don't want to throw anybody off. So let me wind it back. Okay. However, when a sapphire sex was mostly connected to someone else, whether the feelings are romantic love or deep friendship, sapphire sexual sexual attraction, desire when it's to put the partner heart as I read again. I want to get to the deep friendship part. So I'm right ready to get. Um, I, some of my deep friendships have sexual components to it. What's the bottom line? How do you know if you are a sappy or sexual? Read these six signs and see if you identify one. Almost all your relationships have begun as friendships. You find something comforting about dating a friend. You know them, have bonded over common interests, and have a solid foundation to now build a relationship on. A friend is someone you can easily have deep and meaningful conversations with, so it makes sense that you eventually fall for them. The is that we date a friend, y'all can miss out on the honeymoon discovery phase. Not me. I keep the honeymoon phase and discovery phase going, and I don't think you have to be married to do that. And my sexual friendships, it's, we keep it electrifying, that's true. And instead face uncertainty about boundaries now that you have progress from friends to a couple. Um, they say couple. I just say partnership because I'm a perfectionist. bachelor, so go figure. Um, two, after a first date, you still have no idea how you feel about the other person. The majority of the people in the dating pool, they go on a date with another person at the end of the date. They'll make some decisions. I want to see them again. Should I give them my number? Should I kiss them goodbye? But If you one date, not enough time to decide if you like the other person. You need a multitude of dates to get to know the other person. the most of them. Before you can figure out if you find them attractive or not. Wow, well, I must be I must be an extraordinary sap in because before the before the first date would end, I would already know what I want and don't want. And it depends on the date. Now, i am made in multiple dates with some dates, while other dates, it's still crystal clear on what we should and should not do. So. Number two, it doesn't always apply to me. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Um, okay, three, you can still feel instant attraction to a stranger, kind of. Just because you identify as sappy or sexual doesn't mean that you can't meet a gorgeous stranger and find them sexually attractive. Again, that's what I was explaining about me earlier. You can like the way they look and find that arousing. I said that earlier about me. However, that isn't the full story. In order for you to feel anything deeper meaningful, it's got to be based on more they look. Now that is so true about me. Number three is right about me. Four, if you find someone you like, it's a big deal. You have the option to your friends to go from crush to crush. For you, liking someone happens so infrequently that when it does happen, it's a huge deal. I mean huge now. In this case, I would say tickles my fancy. Talking more just my biology, but we have a personality chemistry and a personality capability. So number four, it's true about me too. Friendships can be confusing. Most things to a friendship without any gender or idea of how your feelings will develop over time. When you're friends with someone of the genders you're attracted to or gender you're attracted to, and you find yourself starting to become attracted to them, it can take you and them by surprise. I would say that's true for me. Or sometimes you meet somebody near a friend the more y'all start talking to know each other, the more you recognize it's a, it's a, it's a pleasant surprise for some, like me. Then other, and then other instances where it's meant to be. I just know, and so it's still a pleasant, amazingness doesn't surprise me. So number five, is true about me. Uh, six people think you're a prude. You aren't having sex with many people as often as your friends, so you often get called a prude. Doesn't mean you don't like sex. You just do what's right for your feelings. Well. A lot of people, to tell you the truth, think that because I look innocent, that somehow I'm approved. but when they get to know me, they go, oh, wow, I didn't know Antonio had a raunchy side to me. God damn, that's what they say. So I'm not approved at all. Actually, I'm just highly selective. And I do have sex with many people, I'm just not in competition with anybody. Um and I do like sex. Thank you very much. Um before I met you, I never knew what it was like to be able to look at someone and smile for no reason. I feel that way sometimes. I hate small talk. I want to talk about atoms. I want to talk about atoms, death, aliens, magic, intellect, and meaning, life faraway galaxies and music that makes you feel different food favorite scent would keep someone up at night i don't want to know what's uh that's me relationships are stronger both friends first and a couple seconds that would be me i said couple talking about my casual partnerships so that would be me um for those of you identify as sad or sexual how about group together to create a rival dating app called ssff sappy or sexual friends first when you spend a month chatting before a meeting and after 10 face-to-face minutes, you decide if you want to start dating anyone? No. Awkward. I would join that app if they ever make one. <laughs> okay. So I'm a sapphire file. you a sapphio file. 13th century, someone a lover of wit. I just not up 20 balance on one. Activated by the intelligence. You were dated. If you were dated with their noses and Shakespeare or Galileo shows that you are deaf. Would you rather date Ellen Must and Ryan Goston? Do you find her ability to distinguish trace work as sex with the most revealing outfits in her wardrobe? Are you more likely to meet your future spouse at a book meeting than at a bar? Or if this is the taste of your love shows that you're probably a babysitter? What makes a shepherd? Sapiophiles, kind of known as Sapiosexas, are people who find intelligence to be sex and attractive above love all else. That would be me. Oh, they also like physical beauty. That's true about me. However, they value the quality of their brains more in choosing romantic partners. Mantic. That would be me. While the interest in intelligence has been around for a long time, the term sapiosexuality, are very popular online dating profiles, But do people who know what it means, will make certified sapiophile. I would just say up front, I have sapiophilia because I'm a sapiophile. One, you are always smart. Chemistry teaches us that similarly, sapiophiles tend to attract themselves. I, I sure do. The mind of a wise person, like me, works on a much more complex level than the average person. That's why their preferences and sociability skills are quite complex for anyone below the intellectual level. True for me. In other words, less intelligent people are bored. That is why they want to live with people the same level of intelligence. Mm. Two, you create intelligent conversation just the average person wants sex. Me, that's definitely me. It's not that animal lovers don't want sex, only smart, insightful conversation that excites them the same way sex does. That's me. I'm an animal lover. Animal lovers often spend long dates discussing science. Politics, art, or literature. Oh, that is so me. The gossip and chaos of the entertainment industry have no place to talk after dinner, and for a place to get debate in today's political issues. Oh, that is so me. That's me. That's me. Three. You need someone to to participate in the conversation. Oh, that's so true for me. Whether your family member, spoiled friend, or other friends with different political views. Ooh. Lonely people need someone to chat with different types of people with different views and still able to convey their own opinions without fear or prejudice. That's me. 4. Look for a smart sense of humor. That's me. Although humor is helpful when dating a romantic partner, or in my case, a casual partner, (laughs) but emotional lovers like myself prefer a deeper sense of humor than that. This humor involves witty words, puns, and clever responses. It can be difficult to make a playful cat laugh to keep making fun of teenagers' jokes. Although well, those all apply to me. Number five, the bl- the blatant stupidity makes you shut up easily. That's true for me. There may be times when men are fat, overconfident or a bald-headed, superficial woman comes to flirt with you. No matter how track modern the, the body is, you also have the initial urge to run hills instead of spending time with them. Oh my God. I mean, I'm not into fat phobia. Um, quite the opposite. I, I love people who just having to be fat. And there's nothing wrong with being bald headed, you know. Bald headed is cool. They just came up with the wows and examples to exaggerate and emphasize, you know. Okay. Six wrong grammar makes you feel bad. Oh. That's definitely me. Sometimes you get a message invited to go on a date. Safio files like me have an instant quote unquote grammar filter to screen people who are honorable enough to challenge the 40 character limit. I feel that way sometimes. They were still able to compile the proper word separated by Oxford commons from shorthand. Slang that was not understood if the person might have spoken the ancient Sumerian language as well. That would be me. I don't mind it a, a little bit, but after a while, I'm like, ah. Seven, you're more interested in what's on your bookshelf and your wardrobe. That's true for me. Sapiophiles like me love themselves to be broad readers, or if it, it doesn't end there, the average sapiophile has a discerning eye for the names you read. That's true for me. Are you better suited for properly cooked vampire literature or for hardcore documentaries? In university professors are not interested in opening at all, because for those who love solitude, the book is therefore a good topic for a deeper conversation. Ah, oh, that's so me, yes, yes. Number eight. You are familiar with thinking man slash woman's crumpet. Yeah, three perfections as smart as it is. With both beautiful and talented, the overthinking of men slash women is that kind of person. They'll be familiar with the names in this category. Brian Cox, Nick Cumberbatch, Colin Firth, and Bill Nighy for ladies. N- N- Nigella Lawson, Gillian Anderson, and Carol Borderman for boys. Oh, that's true for me. Nine, you like more tasteful people. Sapiophiles for people who develop their own tastes in fashion, music, and ideas rather than clinging to trends. That would be me. They know that, like a Jedi trip, the tendency only affects the weak minded. Sapiophiles know that cultivating personal taste requires hand-to-hand different cultural experiences added with curiosity. That would be me. Number 10, you attract more con- You attract more content people than people who want popularity. Sapiophiles don't care much about likes and followers that people starve for social media. They want people to talk about what's important. In fact, they chose people with unpopular but realistic views over people who answered yes to get the crowd to life. them. That would be me. <laughs> Number eleven, your date will be intellectually engaged. Your ideal date would be someone would be somewhere on this list. Independent film festivals, art galleries, poetry events, museums, old book libraries, planetariums, even historical sites. Sure you can go for coffee go to a pub, which I like as long as it's where <laughs> anyway writes a farewell to arms. That's all true for me. Number 12, the gifts you give and want are so nerdy. Forget cute gadgets, clothes, and accessories. There's nothing more satisfying than getting the first edition of the rare book you've been searching for your whole life. It could be the same pen Neil Diamond used or a pendant forged from a meteorite. That's me. (laughs) That's all me. Last number 13, you also value emotional intelligence and, again, and emotional intelligence. They put it again on them. Well, just to emphasize it, knowing the facts is, you also value emotional intelligence and, I would dare say, and emotional self-control, emotional wisdom, you could say again. Knowing the facts is one thing, but having emotional restraint and ability to meditate on your own feelings will be the cherry on top of the object of your desire. Safio files look for emotional intelligence for potential partners with the ability to differentiate between feelings and emotions appropriately. That's all me. So yes, I'm a file I'm both a file and a sapio section. sapio sexuality and I'm a file This is I. This is LBIbenders.org Benders.org. sapio. Sapiofil signs. Okay, um, I want to talk about this other thing. Five very important facts. Pansexual people want you to know about pansexuality. Lily Wakefield, December eighth, two thousand twenty-one. PinkNews.co.uk. This is Lily Wakefield, December 8, 2021. Again, this is verified by important facts. Pansexual people want you to know about pansexuality. Paintings.co.uk. Pansexual Pride flag spread in 2010. Pansexual Pride Day, December 8th, is a day dedicated to celebrating, recognizing, and learning about the pansexual community. Pansexuality attraction, which is not limited by gender, is a sexual orientation that has been plagued by misconceptions and erasure. This pansexual pride, three pansexual people spoke to Pink News to give you a non-exhaustive rundown of what your pan pals want you to know. So, I'm gonna say this for the last time by myself in an episode. If I ever repeat myself as would have guess. I am pansexual, okay? One, pansexuality, I have that by the way. Pansexuality and bisexuality are not the same thing. While many people use the words pansexual and bisexual interchangeably, they are distinct and separate sexual orientations. Pansexual DVC Studios podcast producer Ella Watts explained For me, the difference between bisexuality and pansexuality is that I don't experience any difference in my sexual or romantic attraction to people of different genders, whereas I know a lot of people on the bisexual spectrum who might be comfortable having sex with anyone of any gender, but have a preference for dating people of a certain gender or the other way around. Pansexuality isn't about which genders I'm attracted to. It's about how the way I experience attraction to people of various genders might differ from the way... Someone who firmly identifies as bi experiences it, she said. Hilary Mitchell, Pink News' audience and growth editor added, bisexual means being attracted to more than one gender while I'm attracted to people of all genders or none. Also, I think pansexuality is also more about being attracted to a person's energy more than the body they are in. However, Walker points out, I also know a lot of bi people who experience their sexual romantic identity the way I do. It's about finding what fits and feels comfortable. Labels should be guidelines and helpful suggestions, not rules. Number two, pansexual people are confused. I'm not confused. Um, Dating can be a minefield for anyone, but for pansexual folk, it can involve an all-too-common ignorance when it comes to their sexual orientation. Much like our bisexual friends, pansexual people experience extensive confusion, biphobia, and panphobia within and outside of the queer community, said Walker. Well, I, I have no internal confusion. If there's any confusion is many people regarding me. And if there's any biphobia and panphobia, it's not from within me, it's from other people regarding me. Okay, I'm very, very tired of being told by Lesley another dating because I'm confused. They can't be sure I won't leave them for someone of another gender. Um That's a direct quote, but I don't know who said it. Um This is oh Walker said that. This oh this is I'm not sure I'm saying the person's name. Um I'm paying attention. Ah, oh, a person named Walker. Okay. Walker said it. Okay. Walker saying these things. I'm very, very tired of being told by lesbians they'll never date me because I'm confused. They can't be sure I won't leave them for someone of another gender. Straight people tend to just think we're serial cheaters are only a serious option. You want to have an orgy not as a romantic partner to be honest my biggest frustration i find my queer femininity tends to alienate a lot of cis men cisgender men which i could find frustrating i love guys too um i'm not a serial cheater as serious i actually have an orgy you know if i want to have an orgy It would be a serious option for for who you are. I wouldn't use you. And your serious option when it comes to like casual for me. I could do two partner sex too. Uh, Pansexual South African criminologist Charlene Pranger added, Greater awareness and representation would dispel many of the preconceived notions and biases so inherent in how we are seen. Uh, we truly see that love is love and that crosses gender, racial, cultural, and societal norms. This is how I see a lot of these things. Um, I've learned not to alienate myself, whoever's alienated by me. I don't try to please them, it's not worth it. Uh, number three, pansexuality does not equal non-monogamy. That's very true. I choose to be non-monogamous for the reasons I've already stated. And you already know my ethical problems through that phenomenon, you know all that. So let me state that these things, those things I just said are about who I am not about all pansexual people, okay? Mitchell said she is often faced with the subject that because she's pansexual, she must be, quote, unquote, more promiscuous. It's like, oh, you like everything. Every gender, every possible type of person. That means you're probably someone different every night, she said. Or they equate pansexuality to polyamory for a similar reason. Of course, pansexual people can be polyamorous, but they are no more likely to be than anyone else. Mitchell explained, I'm attracted to all genders, but I'm in a monogamous relationship with a man at the moment. Before that, I was in a monogamous relationship with a woman for 10 years. Okay, number four. Being pansexual is amazing. That is so true for me. The most important thing to know is that being pansexual is the part of being pan and seeing the person and not the physical trafficking. As explained, being pan provides me the opportunity to, to explore someone's soul. Walker Walker said that being able to truly appreciate how beautiful all people are is an amazing benefit of being pansexual. She exclaimed, everyone is so pretty. It's a cliche and a bit of a stereotype, but it's true. I feel like I can find something to really love for every single person I meet, and that's pretty awesome. I also appreciate the fact that I can relate to almost every romantic slash allosexual person, those who experience romantic and sexual attraction, respectively. We might not have the same taste, but I could always agree that men, women, intersex people, and trans folk anywhere on the gender spectrum are extremely pretty. Mitchell appreciates the openness of being pan as well as the focus on people's personalities. Now that's the most important thing about another human being, who they are as a person, not what body they were born into. Those are beautiful things about men. Pansexual flag. Jiggle Jasper said August 3rd, 2019, 85, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8 8 AM. I was gonna do this for Pride Weekend, but you know life, so I wanted to talk about a thing. I created Pansexual Flag, a thread. Pink, yellow, and blue. That's my flag. Pansexual pride flag created by Jasper V and Style so also Also a fantastic color combination. Awesome. And five, no, it's nothing to do with pans. It doesn't mean I'm attracted to kitchen objects, Mitchell cleared up, enough said. So, yes. My favorite part was being trap attract- Being pan does provide new opportunities for someone's soul. That's me. I get to truly appreciate how beautiful all people are as the amazing benefit of my being transsexual. That's true for me. And my favorite thing about... Being pants the person i supposed to attract things. That's me too. That's all me. Oh, okay. And no, I'm not attracted to kitchen objects. I don't do pots and pans, thankfully. Okay. So I love to further state more. Okay. I'm a feminist, but I'm also pro-porn. Being feminist to me seems like a no-brainer. Sophia Ann, September 4th, 2019, forming a read. I just wanna say this. Um, I'm pro-porn and I'm a feminist. I love to be upfront. Feminism is wanting equality for women. It's a simple concept. It simply means in all aspects of life, Women are treated with the same dignity, criticism, and respect as men. They are subcategories to this, but that's a broad umbrella definition of what it means to be feminist. So how does writing about sex and porn fall into it? The porn industry is toxic. There's no way around it. There are too many holes in the system to say that, as an overall industry, is doing good. Mia Khalifa recently spoke, recently spoke about her experience on Twitter. Doing porn wasn't a conscious decision. I woke up one day and decided it would be fun. It was a systematic condition to make me feel like I wasn't worthy unless a man desired me that ultimately pushed me to do it. August 9, 2019, like 30 a.m. She talks about how she had an agency to start but quickly left because it was more damaging than rewarding. That's not surprising given the history of porn. It's highly exploitative, but more often than not, it exists to create a very specific image of women. Also, most of the porn is just highly unrealistic. It's never as good as you think it is. The money made in the game isn't nearly as much as people think it is. And at the end of the day, it's hard to find other work whilst everyone is seeing it. In today's climate, porn is presented in a very different light than it was before. Gone are the days of the as tapes, and in are the alphabetic records of your porn collection. Social media has come a long way in making porn, quote, unquote, normal and, and quote, unquote, fun. Pornhub is one of the funniest and one point Twitter accounts, and social media world, but being funny doesn't mean you're okay. Pornhub is known for destroying the porn industry. What used to be a small world is now industry boom with actors and actresses constantly cons- consistently stolen from and used for profit by third parties. Studios take all the money and lend it to who they want, which means the stars can become highly popular and barely make any money. The movies stay forever and they'll keep getting views, but the stars get their one-time paycheck. There are too many people who get into porn through desperation, and our manipulation is also catastrophic. Porn builds expectations for sex life, self worth, and the role of people in the world. This point, for some, seems ridiculous because how porn? Because how can porn dictate your way in the world? This isn't some bible that everyone adheres to. You, and you're right, it's not, but it does provide countless big expectations of what is okay and isn't okay in terms of sexual expression. And for a society that is just learning to accept sexual expression, that could be a dangerous thing. So how does this relate to feminism? Let me start off by saying there are only certain aspects of porn I respect. Most of it can die in a fire, which I agree. What I like about porn is the agency it can provide. Me too. The act of commercializing commodifying a woman's body occurs outside of porn every day. That's a horrible fact. Porn allows a woman to take advantage and use that same energy for her own use. She could take back the position society has placed on her and gain from it. I agree. Sex work is work and when it is done properly, it benefits those that engage in it. I agree. What we need for porn is a systematic change. I agree. I like the big companies, porn could be a place for women to celebrate their bodies and engaging with their bodies to produce the results they want on their own terms. I agree. There's still a long way to go. I agree. In terms of making porn and sex work safe, I support porn and sex work for what it can be rather than what it is. I agree. I support the women who have chosen to do things in their own terms and hope that they can do so without discrimination. I agree. Sex work is systematically challenged at all ends. Horrible fact. F-A-C-T. For many, it is seen as degrading, but there is no real argument that can explain why it is degrading other than society's prejudice against quote-unquote sinful sex as they define it um the idea that porn is only a result of manipulation is a self-fulfilling prophecy the more society wishes to hide and cover up sex work the more radical demeaning the rules and regulations become if sex work is seen as something to be hidden in the laws that surround it will make it more difficult for workers to live freely that's true since sites that began as platforms for sex workers are easily places that being hostile for the same groups of people who grow on patreon was a place for many sex workers to create patrons on their own terms a set of user wipes regulations has greatly diminished the number of users tumblr was long known for growing groups for minority sex workers who connect and thrive the subsequent porn ban meant many had to move elsewhere there's too much of a stigma to porn and a lot of it is a result of people being unable to separate the misguided ideas of what porn is. Tumblr's ban was a result of neglect to control of its vapid child pornography user base. If that had been taken care of early on, the result wouldn't have been a, a site wide ban on all things, quote unquote, inappropriate. I think it's feminist to be pro porn. I agree with that, because allowing the freedom to do what you want with your body and life is, and life is feminist. Agency should never be stripped from anyone allowing a safe place for people to work and live can be done. It's also a work in progress I agree with all of that. I agree with everything she said Um Okay So What else do I want to say Okay Our guide to, so yes, our guide to ethical porn, by the way, I'm an ethical porn fan. September 25th, 2017, our guide to ethical porn is mysteryvibe.com. This is a blog for anyone who's ever felt unsatisfied by mainstream pornography. For women fed up of searching for erotica consisting of more than your average blowjob, vaginal penetration, blowjob sequence. This is a blog post for anyone who's ever felt unsatisfied by mainstream pornography for women fed up with searching for erotica, consisting of more than the average blowjob, badging of penetration, blowjob sequence. This is for those longing to see real so business and real orgasms. If I actually describe an average pornographic scene, what would it involve? I'm guessing it cuts straight to a penis entering a vagina and ends with the infamous quote unquote money shot of a penis ejaculating into a woman's mouth or over her face depictions of sexuality often portrayed the mainstream pornography lacking narrative sensuality and pleasure for the majority of women historically porn has been made for men because that's the target audience porn is a quote-unquote guy thing women wouldn't like it but we all know that's not true in fact a recent YouPorn porn survey found that one in four of its users are women perhaps not so surprising is the fact women look for videos featuring cunnilingus 630 percent more than men and often Prefer watching girl and girl erotica due to its focus on female pleasure. So we know that more women are watching and enjoying porn than ever before. However, erotica still remains one of the most controversial industries, one that inspires passionate debates and often separates people into pro and con camps. I'm pro erotica. I just say it. Uh, while it, while it, what it lacks in diversity, mainstream pornography is more than made up for in misogyny and cliches of femininity. That being so, it's understandable why a lot of women have difficulty finding erotica that actually looks like real-life sex and is relatable enough to turn them on. This is where quote-unquote ethical porn comes into play. Porn made for women by women. Porn that doesn't prioritize male pleasure. Porn that doesn't objectify women. Porn that places the performer's safety and preference first and aims to illustrate real sex and real orgasms in parentheses, exclamation point. With a focus on female pleasure. The women behind this new wave of erotica became tired of criticizing mainstream porn without altering an alternative. So they decided to do something about it. The erotica speaks about sex, passion, lust, and pleasure. They came to excite your mind and body simultaneously. Women taking control of their own pleasure makes us happy, which is exactly why we're celebrating these badass women changing the porn industry for the better. Anna Richards frolic me. Anna was tired of finding porn that degraded women and focused exclusively on male male pleasure. She created Frolic Me because for her, it was important that that pleasure between the sexes was balanced and she wanted to educate men and women on the art of great mutually consenting sex. My erotica could be equally graphic and visually explicit in parts, but has a far more balanced approach with greater focus on female pleasure. It's far more sex positive and it's all about raw passion by focusing on female desire found a strong following of single men and naturally couples who are looking for an erotic site they could both enjoy together frog me is great for couples looking to keep their sex fresh a key component in a healthy relationship and sex life girl on the internet audio porn who said porn had to be visual girl on the net has been treating us to deliciously sexy stories for years and after much anticipation she converted some of her best posts into audio files for better accessibility for everyone including those who are visually impaired if attention to detail is your thing this is perfect for you erica less x confessions erica had her eureka moment when she realized that the only people participating in the discourse of pornography were men not just men but narrow-minded chauvinistic men with little sexual intelligence Everywhere else, the role of women was under debate. So why was the porn industry being left behind? It was time for porn to change. Which is why Erica went from feeling guilty and dirty for watching porn to creating the adult film she wanted to watch. She didn't want to get women out of porn. She wanted to get them into porn. Porn is today's sex education that's impacting on our gender education. Adult content has the power to arouse, but also to educate and inspire. Don't get me wrong. The sex can stay dirty, but the values have to be clean erica produces indie erotica that is diverse ethical and feminist her films offer an array of different fantasies one thing common: they all have a female protagonist wow yes i'm a porn watcher i'm a porn master i masturbate to erotica i view and hear porn erotica i read porn erotica and i masturbate without porn and without a rocket soup i'm just saying that i'm fans of frolic me and anna richards i'm fans of audio porn a girl Net. i'm fans of erica russ next confessions i love diverse ethical and feminist porn um so i do feel unsatisfied by mainstream pornography I am longing to see real kisses, intimate touches, and real orgasms. Um, I am fed up with searching for erotica, consistent, more than the average blowjob, vaginal penetration, blowjob sequence. That would be me. Um, I don't mind partnering up with mainstream pornography companies that have ethical practices and that specialize in ethical porn. That's all I'm saying. And I have to say this for the very last time. Again, if I ever repeat myself, this with a guest, not me by myself anymore. I want to be a global icon for ethical porn as a performer, as a director, and as a pornographer. I want to be a global icon for... Feminist porn, and sex-positive porn, and diverse porn. As a performer, director, and pornographer. Okay? The Sign You're a Good Kisser by Courtney LaRocca, October 21, 2016. Kissing someone is one of the simplest forms of showing affection or arousal, yet it can also be difficult to tell if you're actually good at it. We know that in order to have good sex, we should communicate what we like and don't like to our sexual partner, but we tend to forget to talk about the basics. Luckily, there are many signs to tell if you're good kissing. If it's not going well, they're going to want to throw in the towel, especially if it's a, a first, second, or third date. Abram, Massini, New York-based relationship expert and author, tells and if they come back for more, you're delivering. Even... <laughs> Even though you might be having tons of fun kissing someone, you might wonder if they feel the same way. Everyone has different preferences, so it it isn't always easy to know if your technique is up to par. But the best thing about kissing is that it's so easy to change up your style if it's not working. If you don't want to outright ask your kissing partner if you're good at what you do, it's possible to figure out how they really feel by the way they kiss you back. There are seven signs to pay attention to the next time you're making out That will tell you if you're a good kisser. One, your kissing partner doesn't pull away. I'm gonna say it up front. My kissing partners never pull away. A surefire sign to tell if your partner likes the way you kiss them is if they don't pull away. The easiest way to know whether or not you're a good kisser is if quote unquote no one tries to give you remedial kissing lessons and don't pull away in the middle or after the first and second kiss, Messini says. If your partner does pull away though, don't feel bad. Everyone's kissing technique is different. Maybe just a sign that you and your partner's just need to learn to adapt to one another. Two people tell you. Yes, people do tell me. If your kissing is really top-notch, your kissing partner might not be able to stop themselves from telling you how great you are. It could be a simple wow or a discourse of how expressive and sexy you are when you kiss, Miss Amy says. If your partner wants to let you know how great of a kisser you are, they'll say something. Number three, you're focused on it. That's true. I am focused on it. If you get in this zone anytime you make out, you're like a good kisser. A good kisser has the ability to create a mental bubble around the two people. April Davis, a dating relationship expert, and founder of LUNA, tells Bustle when kissing, it should feel as if the two of you are focused on each other and the rest of the world blurs around you. <laughs> or you can laugh off awkwardness. I do laugh off awkwardness. A good kisser knows how to make the most of an awkward situation. You can laugh off any weird noise when you're making out. Your partner will likely think that you're a great, great kisser. You're both engaging on a physical level and being truly comfortable is what will turn you and your partner on, David says. But if you're pulling away, keeping your lips tight, or wiping your mouth after a kiss, the other person will sense it and feel just as inhibited, David says. When it comes to kissing, it's cool to embrace any awkwardness. Da-ha-ha. 5. Your partner's excited to kiss you. My partners are excited to kiss me. If you already kissed someone before and they seem super into the idea of doing it again, it's probably because they like the way you kiss them. Keep in mind, though, that everyone is different. It's entirely possible to be a good kisser to one partner, not so much what another prefers. Carol King, author and staff sexologist for good vibration tells Bustle, there are so many ways to kiss, so being a good kisser is just a matter of finding someone you're compatible with. Six, you can adapt your style. I can adapt my styles. Even though everyone has different pre- preferences when it comes to kissing, if you can adapt your technique to what your partner's into. You're likely an excellent kisser. A good kisser knows how to switch up their technique depending on who they're kissing or a stage of arousal they're in. Kissing somebody who's interested but not turned on is likely going to be different from someone who's feeling very, very passionate. King says. if you know when to amp it up or slow it down, your partner will definitely enjoy kissing. That would be me again that would be me again seven your partner's into it yes my partners are into it if your kissing counterpart seems actively engaged in the kiss you're probably doing pretty well take note of how they react to you trying to kiss them if they don't meet your tongue with their tongue you might want to pull back and slow down okay he says if they seem fully engaged in the act you're most likely doing everything right everyone's kissing style is different there isn't one way that's inherently better than the rest If the person you're kissing is engaged with what you're doing, you don't need to worry if your kissing is lackluster. The most important part of being a good kisser is enjoying the experience and making sure your partner is, too. So, I have all the seven signs of a good kisser. I'm a good kisser. I'm a great kisser. I'm an excellent kisser. I make out. I I engage in tongue kissing. I engage in French kissing. I can engage in all kinds of kissing exceptionally well. Wow, I am on a roll. Let me keep on rolling. Okay. What does feminist porn look like? September 7, 2013, Russell O'Connor, originally published on Rose Slash Reboot and Cross posted here with their admission. It's a common complaint among feminists that pornography, quote unquote, objectifies women. And rightly so since a lot of it does most straight straight pornography really does present women as mere objects without feelings or desires of their own uh their only role most porn shows women playing in sexual encounters is as catering to the fantasies and whims of men who pay no attention to anything about women's needs let alone their desires but that's not the worst of it a lot of pornography is proudly misogynistic women are mistreated humiliated used, and insulted all of which is presented as quote-unquote normal the fact that this is expected to appeal to a male audience is scary. But porn can objectify women without being so obviously offensive. Most porn has a predominantly male perspective. The directors are usually men, and most porn is made for men. As a result, the camera often embodies the quote-unquote male gaze, G-A-C-E. It looks where a man, a stereotypical straight man in its parentheses, would look. As a result, women are presented exclusively as objects of desire and never as subjects of pleasure. This is why men are so strangely absent from much straight porn except as disembodied penises. This can easily appear as J. Brian Louder once said on Slate as a strange form of reverse objectification. But as Louder knows this, there's a simple reason for this. Most porn made for men is shot in such a way as to allow the male viewer to project himself into the scene. The woman is thus presented as available to any man who wishes to use her. A penis needs to be present, but the man to whom it is attached had better not be too present, lest he threaten to become the focus and the male viewer be threatened with homoeroticism. Only the woman is to be seen and she is there for the pleasure of the male viewer. Similarly, hardly any attention is paid in most porn to authentic female sexual pleasure. It's not just the fake moaning, it's the fake sex. Sure, it's nice if the guy goes down on the woman After she has gone down on him, but having gone down on a few women, I'm here to tell you that what passes for cunnilingus in most porn is not giving anyone much pleasure. The guy's usually so busy not blocking the woman's genitals that he can barely make contact with her clitoris. I've also noticed that in most of the mainstream porn I've ever seen in life, most of the oral sex is the woman going down on the man. Very few times have I seen the man going down the woman first and the man going down on the woman. There's always the woman going down on the man in terms of oral sex. That's always been off-putting to me. Porn doesn't have to be like that, though, even if most of it is. Um, there are some guys that would say, the woman sucks me off, I never eat her out which is sexual misogyny in and of itself, which I absolutely hate, by the way. There's no reason a video can't be sexually explicit and still present women as human beings who deserve to be treated with respect, even when they have their clothes off and who have an equal right to sexual desire, pleasure, and satisfaction. There's no reason to borrow a phrase from Jack Glenn Friedman and Jessica Valentine that porn can't present women as sexual collaborators with men rather than a sexual conquest of men. Porn that doesn't present men and women as equal partners, sexually speaking, that presents sex as something that men do to women that women do for men is dangerous. It reflects and thereby reinforces the warped view of sex that underlies rape culture. That is the core of the feminist criticism of porn and absolutely correct. But by the very same token, porn that presents sex is something two people do together or more than two people do together because you have group sex porn. But by the very same token, porn that presents sex as something two and more than two people do together as equal embodies and promotes positive, healthy attitudes about sexuality and indeed about gender itself. As porn legend Nina Harley once wrote, that kind of porn could change men and women's attitudes at their deepest neurobiological level as a bonus such porn stands a realistic chance of actually being appealing not just to straight women but to men who love them as equals and so offering heterosexual couples something they can enjoy watching together while having to check their policies at the door wait we also gotta say and and so offering lgbtq plus couples something they can enjoy watching together while having to check their policies at the door too All right. How might a commitment to sexual equality manifest itself on screen? Obviously, the male and female performers and the LGBTQI plus performers or their characters should be treated as equals as a rule. Just as much attention should be paid to her pleasure as to his and LGBTQI plus people too. This was in 2013. This is eight years ago. So I'm going to be saying LGBTQI plus people a lot and we because you have LGBTQI plus porn staffers, the ones who do the scenes, the ones who are leading the scene, but they're not performers, so uh, this is not heteronormative, this is not heterosex, this is written eight years ago, um, so now I'm speaking a 2021 language. And we the viewer should have the sense that the male character, LGBTQ+, or not, actually cares about whether his their female partner, LGBTQ+, or not, enjoys their shared experience, and better yet, cares about her. And that she cares for his pleasure for him, or if that is not so, then we should be offered some understanding of why it isn't. Second, male-female sex should not be presented as something to into to the vaginas other orifices. orifices. Sex is something people do, and people make love with their whole bodies, so we should see the performance as whole bodies. Women should not be presented as vehicles for tits and holes, and men should not be presented as disembodied cocks and dicks. Um, what really makes it obvious that there are people having sex are their faces, which are wonderfully expressive of what they're feeling. To connect with their characters, then... As human beings having in sex, we need to see their faces—not just her face, but his too. Third, sex is something that people do at least most of the time in the context of a larger relationship. However, they, however they all define it. So the sex on screen should reflect the relationship between the characters. If they are a couple, we would expect we would expect them to express affection for one another. If they are friends, consummating their long shared crush for the first time would expect and be excited about what they're doing maybe even a little awkward to speak to each other about how long they've waited for this how much they have wanted each other if they're all if they're if they're casual we can say hey we're just enjoying what we do off screen if they're married but not to each other then the sex reflect that fact and so on or kissing touching caressing are important because that is what real love making is like it is, as much as anything, what expresses passion, tenderness, and care. A lot of women apparently go weak-kneed when porn stars hold hands while fucking. I understandably so. It's hot. I also want to say this. If they are friends consummating their long-shared sexual tracks for the first time, who would expect them to be excited about what they're doing, maybe even a little awkward, and to speak to each other about how long they've waited for this, how much they have wanted each other sexually okay gotta respect the casual community that yeah, i'm a part of it. okay finally sex isn't something a couple and group sex you gotta put group sex havers in this too that's why the people are something they do for themselves so, so their sexual interactions should be presented as what they enjoy it. it's a shared sexual interactions of course the people having sex or performance and the positions they use are sometimes better for the camera than for them that's understandable but if the whole thing seems choreographed, if no one actually seems to be enjoying themselves or just be going to the motions well, this writer says, I had a lot of sex like that in my first marriage and I don't care to be reminded of it. I'm not saying that porn has to be so quote unquote vanilla that it's boring. The person saying the marriage part was Russell O'Connor. He said that. He's talking about himself. Okay. But if two people are going to put uh, if two or more people are going to have rough sex on screen, I want to know enough about them to know that it's consensual and enjoyable. I don't want to be a witness to sexual assault. Tristan Taramino's rough sex series of videos proves that it's possible to present rough sex in a way that is not degrading. She begins each scene with lengthy interviews with both performers, discussing why. Rough sex appeals to them. Only then do we get to watch them go at it, but by then, there's plenty of context for what is happening, we know very well that, in fact, they care about one another and are enjoying what they're doing, even if it involves biting, slapping, all manner of other things. The same goes for any other sort of sex. Three songs can be fine, but not if it's just two men taking advantage of one, or some guy using two women for his pleasure. Or to take... A different example, in the video of Don Juan's papers from Sweet Center. a modern-day Don Juan tends to seduce yet another woman, only to have the tables turned on him. They have sex, but she treats him as a mere tool for her pleasure. Straight porn that strives to move up to that sort of standard of just articulate as a kind of feminist porn. Feminist porn includes a lot more authentic lesbian quote, for example, such as the Crash series and the artsy videos released by Juicy Pink Box and produced by Gentsy C Lumpkin. But straight feminist porn is still rare. While many studios have tried hard to make couples porn, these efforts have rarely been successful. The couples label usually seems to mean little more than no anal no fashion that doesn't by itself make a feminist porn. In the last few years, however, several studios have started producing um, straight feminist porn, or at least trying to do so. The effort doesn't always succeed, but even if it only succeeds some of the time, that's a big improvement and it deserves to be applauded and support as well as enjoy. Porn plays a significant role in shaping sexual culture, so the more porn reflects a feminist perspective on sex, the better all people be all be. If you want to explore further, you might, start, you might start by looking at some of the movies that have won feminist porn awards, and there are feminist porn reviews of fem porn and reviews of porn by women, and for women at hot movies for her. Um, I love this article. Um, I have ethical rough sex personally. I have ethical threesomes personally myself. I love straight feminist porn. I love LGBTQI plus feminist porn. Um, I have ethical vanilla sex and I have ethical unconventional sex. Um. My real love making includes kissing, touching, and caressing. Um, when it comes to my sex life, my future porn career, and in my personal life with my casual partners, we consummate our long shared sexual attraction for each other. Um, and we and I meet the expectation that we're both ex- we're all excited about what we're doing, even if it's a little awkward for us. And we speak to each other about how long we've waited for this, how much we have won each other sexually, and we have um, affection expressed for one another as we admire each other, right? So, sex is something that I do, at least most of the time, in the context of a relationship. Sex isn't something that my part and I do for other people, but it's something that we do for ourselves. Our shared sexual interactions are are ones we enjoy. Um, my part is I treat each other as equals it comes to my future porn prayer in my life presently, my personal life. Even in the future I'll always be like that um sex is something i do and i make love with my body my partners too Um i love authentic female sexual pleasure as much as authentic male sexual pleasure i love authentic queer sexual pleasure too um I don't do fake moaning and I don't have fake sex, um, my partners don't do any of those things even, male female sex might be presented as something punises to the vagina's other erypices, I agree with that, um, that's not a part of my love making love, that's my future porn career and my personal life outside of it, um, Russell O'Connor and his real name lives in New England. He's a father, husband, famous, elect. He's a leftist radical Christian, he's fan of both baseball and sex, and he considers himself to be an anti-gender Philip Yeah. I love I like this guy. Um, but yeah. I love this article. Okay. So let me I love getting to the point. Um, gutsmagazine.ca. It says, Happy People fucking." Posted by Guts on January 2018 Culture Issue 3, Sex. Keeping It Playful with Spit Magazine's film is pointed by Maddie McNabb. This is what she's saying. Let me make sure I got a gender pronouns right. Go to the bottom. Go to the bottom. Okay, I did. She, Maddie says, my friends and I talk about sex. We got each other's backs from consecrating a silly non-judgmental space to say whatever clumsy you things or feeling about the sex we're having, have had in my life, and might like to have. Wow, I have that with my friends too, because the kind of partners we have, they they like that we do that and they're open about sex as much as we are, so. This is an awesome and decidedly privileged space and a private space, I might add. I, I love that, mine too. We talk about porn too, and yeah, my friends and I do the same. But in this conversation, I feel a little less inspired. This is her point of view now. So I do my best approach to sex, and happy with enthusiasm and ascent. My relationship to porn as a viewer has been a little less straightforward. The best I can come up with is, typically, is probably the least worst thing I've seen lately. Now she's just talking about her experiences. I don't need to tell you where mainstream pornography disappoints. But China's... Or pussies, as, y'all, as people call them. With the labia photoshopped out, unrealistic, relentlessly rock, rock hard dicks or cocks or penises, if y'all will. The exclusion of any body that any body that is not thin, shiny, hairless, cisgender, unless that body is being fetishized. The casual and constant presentation of female bodies as objects with male pleasure. The normalization of sexual violence, a disturbing lack of communication, and explicit consent between partners. There are some of the toxic currents that run through mainstream porn. Duh. This has been unpacked eloquently and often by many sex positive feminist folk who are vastly better versed in the topic than I am, ever since the so-called feminist sex wars of second-wave feminism in quotations. But what sex positive feminist folks stop short of is writing off porn entirely. And that's where I'll stop too. Me too. So I'm a sex positive feminist. I'm a, I'm into sex positive porn. I am pro sex positive porn. Sex positive feminism emphasizes sexual agency and pleasure for women. Embracing porn as a violent part of that pleasure is more important than any impulse to prescribe the source of that pleasure. Besides, that prescriptive and paternalistic impulse is alive and well elsewhere, see recent UK porn legislation. Where mainstream porn gets an A for effort is in the space it creates to explore sexuality, fantasy, and kink. In our bedrooms outside of our bedrooms all the other sexual settings imaginations and beyond and of course for supporting self-loving souls far and wide in their endeavors to jack off or chill off jack or off. beyond the bedroom is a generous assessment when it comes to the shadowy unarticulated world of nation porn we're still talking baby steps enter a burgeoning group of smut enthusiasts from across the globe Undertaking the very sex and very political project of feminist pornography, among them are the co-founders of Toronto-based alternative porn site Spit Magazine, Caitlin K. Roberts and Jesse Ray Rest, who shared their project and their thoughts with guts for this issue. What is feminist porn? For some broader context, sex, sex educator Tristan Charles background on the movement is a great starting point. She insists that there is no easy definition, but nevertheless teases out some common threads. She reveals the history of feminist and sex work as the two labels often overlap, consisting the space contesting the space of erotica as an oppressive one. Crucially has largely been porn performance who since the 1980s have taken the lead in dismantling the conventional language of porn and have begun the work of repurposing quote unquote the erotic medium, as performer Nina Hartley called it, as a place for politi- as a place for public discourse and political agency. I am pro-erotica, pro erotica I am pro-feminist erotica, too. I posed the question of, de- of definition to Spitz's Robertson, West. A lot of it is about choice, Roberts began. West pointed to the necessary intersectionality of any feminist project. We're always trying to feature people who are marginalized or who are underrepresented. They mention their focus on female pleasure. Our website is pretty low in content that features men up ev- everywhere. But then after reflection, that was also qualified. But we've got nothing against com shots. We love them, R.B.G. And on we forge from there. Spending the better part of an hour discussing and unpacking what feminist porn means to... Yeah. Like the genre itself, which has really only gained serious momentum since the 2000s, spit magazine is young and still figuring out its identity the founders are still negotiating spitz's approach to representing queer non-normative sexualities and sex positive encounters we have a very connected community robert shares we were witnessing a lot of happy positive sexual interactions around us realizing that there wasn't a platform for it for other people to see they began photographing later filming the body sexualities kinks that they weren't seeing represented in mainstream porn photo, set, speech, in BDSM. I am a practitioner of BDSM. Begin with a shot of the performers looking pumped, holding signs along the lines of, I 100% consent enthusiastically and was bigger to do sexy things with this guy. I love that. I will definitely start doing that. with my turn to do sex in movies and television and in the world of porn. Lappy of all shapes and colors, cunts of all degrees of hairiness, Men and women, cis and trans, cisgendered if you will, chest binding, strap-ons, and lots of real orgasms grace the page of this member's owner's site. Oh, this is awesome. This is so awesome. This fits, this fits who I am. Spitz has real-spit performance. They must be sober. I love that. They must They must establish clear consent boundaries before the shoot. I love that. And they must not fake it. I love that they have rules for themselves as directors and producers as well cool an important tenet of most feminist porn is an insistence on an ethical working environment for performers i love this in the case of spit they consider the environment holy w-h-o-l-l-y collaborative respectful performers as rights boundaries and agency i love that roberts explains a lot of our shoots are based on what naturally happens cool if someone's not doing something we shouldn't step and be like okay can you try to do this that's good this last rule is more of an anti-rule safeguarding their project and a very loaded label quote-unquote feminist for creating a new set of norms around what sex should or shouldn't look like west emphasizes. i love that i love that i love that west emphasizes the most important thing is autonomy cool whether that can be cat, cat whether that could be categorized as feminist or not, allowing someone to do what they want to do in the bedroom and all the other sexual settings I add consensually is important to us. That's right. That's right. We try and feature things that actually happen. For example, at least in sheet featured a couple of had sex lots of times before. but he had a hard time getting wrecked, so it was just an hour of him going down on her and it was great. All this is awesome. All of this All these things are my mentalities exactly. So we try and feature things that actually happen. That's good. That's good. The ideas that drive feminist pronouncing the solid, ethical, political standards that guides business work should make a lot of feminists want to raise their fists and shout, fuck yeah. That happens to me. But there's another criterion by which you clearly need to determine, quote unquote, good porn, feminist or not. Is it hot? that's what i want to know spitz's videos are certainly full of happy people fucking joyfully and healthily that fits my temperament the sex they portray is communicated in all the right ways good west says in our videos you'll see people giggling or tripping that's me just natural parts of sex that are clumsy and weird and awkward that are actually really sexy me, 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 me. It is hilarious and affirming to see performer Calvin Eichlin giggling as she adjusts her strap while during one queer sex scene. I'm giggling right now. A video that features in BDSM play their natural pauses. Nice. A whisper in a partner's ear to check in. Nice. And an eager smiling and nodding in return. Nice. These candid, clumsy bits, which can be sexy and that they are refreshing relatable. Give way to some seriously hot moments. Yeah, yeah. Spitz videos do not shy away from the graphic. Cunt close-ups. Lovingly portrayed. Fill the screen. Oh, I'm turned on right now. Sometimes the shot dwells an enthusiastic tongue down below. Yo. Woo! Woo! Other times, on some version of penetration, reel and strap on dicks, gloved and ungloved fingers. All variations are a lot of fun. That means they also have pussy clamps ups too, which I think is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> the real highlight in all the spitz's videos is the way they dwell on female orgasm. and the absence of the easy physical manifestation of pleasure that comes with the male orgasm, pun intended, the ubiquitous money shot. I'm willing to I'm, I'm willing to try, I'm willing to go for that. Spit rises the challenge of creating a space for the real to spend some time up close and personal with the physicality of female orgasm. Hmm, cool, this is all cool. If they wanted me to do the ridiculous money shot, I'll try. It. If not, it's cool. I don't have a preference for it. You know. Spit rise to the challenge of creating a space for the viewer to spend some time up and up close and personal with the physicality of female orgasm. Improbable, unguarded facial expressions, the tensing of muscles, and ar- arcing, a jerky, sometimes even as squirting. I love all their attempts. They dwell on female orgasms. So do I. So do I. These are real heart, one orgasms as per Spitz No Faking Rule, which I like. And this is where we find the sweet spot, at least for this viewer. Moments that are fuck yeah, feminist, authentic in the way that a lot of feminist porn strives to be and also need to turn on. This is cool, this is cool. I love that they take out the obsession of the male orgasm the biggest money i think that's really good i just want to clarify that. in the video calvin gets inclined with shy for example which involves two ladies and a lot of cunnilingus i'm a master and expert of cunnilingus if you know what i mean i'm also a master and expert of analingus if you know what i mean on that too there are some serious lingering nearly half the video one performer's face and body as she reaches climax, 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 climax. Though perhaps torsos aren't your typical turn-on, watching this performer's stomach muscles quiver was intense and convincing. I'm smiling right about now. There are some aspects of the videos that I find less engaging. The music chosen distract from rather than enhance the scenes. In almost every case, it largely masked or took the place in the sounds the performance might have been making or dialogue they might have been having. I also find myself craving more framing or any storyline to tell the viewer who, what, and why the performance of the scene. I'll chalk most of this up to technical limitations and budget limitations. Roberts and West themselves and the technical side of producing video has been quote-unquote quote, a long learning process for them the site also offers a great range of photo sets for them, but it does raise an interesting question about the purpose that pornography serves undoubtedly i've heard from a lot of friends who call, who call themselves feminists that feminist porn just doesn't do it for me they question whether their politics and their clitoris can truly agree so sort short for click. My own criticisms of this particular site mainly center around production value, and I wonder why this is important. Do I want porn to remain identifiable fiction? Is the conceit of porn that the performative, polished, finished product perhaps is hot or as hotter than any authenticity it might achieve, even if alternative porn strives to be authentic? To what degree do we actually want porn to look like the real life sex we're having? Robert Sympathite is joking. I have a dark closet of fantasies that I would never actually want to happen. They just sit there nicely tucked away. Hmm. So, we can find, I think when it's my time for Parker, I would make sure that um, I would partner with companies that have a reputation for awesome technical limitations and budget budget limitations that make that all make sense, you know, because um, what I really wanna say is I believe that alternative porn needs help with the tech, with finances and production, but they just need help and support I, And I'd be willing to play a role in helping them out with that, you know, giving pointers or relationships, those kind of things. But I don't believe in giving up on ethical porn companies. And that's what, and alternative porn is one of those ethical porn um, realities, so i just think that um, no company is perfect but we can help of course there could be some acting some exaggerating that's okay when it comes to porn that's okay that's not bad so we can have that that's fine you know authenticity is an important standard. good smut for the ladies who spit in west thinks a pretty occupational famous pornography a lot of people believe that porn cannot be authentic which partially is true. It's a set that people watching. They know what they think they're doing. is going to be consumed by the people, Ever she goes on. I think a lot of people's sexual identity is partially based on performance. That's true. And feminist porn does do it for me, by the way. And yes, I'm a famous. And politics, in the clitoris, in my opinion, can truly agree. I've seen it happen, literally. So. Um... By West's definition, authenticity and and performativity are not mutually exclusive in form. Even authenticity, when it comes to chronography, doesn't and shouldn't quite mean the sex you're having in the bedroom. When private sex becomes public sex, things change crucially, this is also true in the other direction. uh, Representations of sex can actually change the way we have real life sex and when the toxic aspects of mainstream form of the book that we're seeing our understanding of sexuality suffers. Which brings us back to political potential, public sexuality, sex workers' rights, which I support. Sex workers' rights. I love public sexuality. I love sex workers' rights. Um, shouldn't mean the sex for having all the other sex settings that depend. And um, alternative porn, I'm a fan of. I would love to be a global ICO for alternative porn as a performer, director, and photographer. I just had to say that. Um, here we go. But brings, I love private and public sex. I love private and public sexuality. Here we go. Which brings us back to the political potential of public sexuality. Sex Workers Rights Act Sarah the 2012 piece on the seventh annual famous porn Award spoke eloquently of this potential. The public event helps to build a community of desire. Like the largely anonymous mainstream porn industry, queer pornographers. I hope to be a I hope to be that one day. Stand in front of what we do. Queer's personal queer's personal, public identities are part of our sexual pornographic performances as creators and as audiences. And performance could be a way of establishing and confirming the existence of queer lives. By the way, in my future board career, I'll be on OnlyFans, Pocket Stars, and all the other uh, sex work creator sites that gives me monthly income in the future. Just want to say that. Let me clarify and say that I would never be a part of sex worker creating site that dehumanize sex workers like future sex workers like myself and um, cost us any kind of mischief at all. Never, never, never. Here we go. When it comes to building community around positive positive, healthy sexuality, Roberts and West did definitely live their policy condition to produce porn. They run a sister company called I Tap That. Ooh, I just got to get some cup the company. I'm going to wash them. A sex plus queer positive community-based resource. Ooh, I would love to partner up with them. Their mission statement reads, we want to provide a sexy, shameless, guilt-free environment to ensure people's self-worth is not determined by the kind of sex they have or who they're having it with, but on the integrity of their choices. Ah, they're speaking my heart's verbiage. They host parties ranging from dance parties with sex positive flair to full on play parties, featuring live porn shoes. Oh, ah, that's the question. Beyond the cyberspace of online porn, Roberts West and their sexy, in their sexy community are directly intervening in Toronto's public spaces to quote unquote to stand in front of what they do. This is a live bodily resistance to conventions around sex, and it is exciting Uh, yeah self-explanatory my agreement is to return to an earlier thought mainstream pornography had taken sex a few steps out of the bed from all the other sexual settings i had yet it continues to reinforce itself as a societal taboo something to be watched but not talked about when we open an incognito window dive into the dark corners of the internet click on that hasty all caps title the cultivated thrill of the taboo is right there with us of course there's an undeniable link between sexual desire and transgression but thinking about sex solely as a mysterious, thrilling secret does none of us any favors. In the fetishized, shrouded space of mainstream erotica, sex risks being drained of its real, fleshy, humanness. Sex risk being drained of its real, fleshy, humanness. E n e n e s s. In the space in between the words that we should be hearing in depictions of sexual encounters, is this okay? I like when you do that consent gets lost, rape culture flourishes. Hmm, that's an excellent point. Projects like Spit show us what happens if we take sex and erotica beyond shame. And to a new public spoken out loud Space West says, I think it allows for people to have healthy relationships with themselves. I support that. Porn and sex are such a big part of people's lives, including mine, and if it's occupied by so many people that aren't like us, then how are you going to feel like you relate? Excellent question. So an alternative porn like Spitz fundamentally defetishizes and deescalates sex, suggesting that sex is a lot of things that so really isn't that big a deal. What happens to that transgressive thrill? Can it turn us on to transgress? Er, transgress? Er, H- head showmen on instruction instead. Hmm, it's a great question. I'll give Spitz is Caitlyn K. Roberts last one in the brain slash boner conundrum. Kind of We have to become as informed as we possibly can but remain naughty. (sighs) Y'all know how naughty I am. But you know that I'm not a dumbass so informed is one of my character traits. (gasps) You can play with things. (sighs) You can be aware that BDSM in certain porn can be really damaging once you know all that. You can still be really naughty. Yeah, yeah. We couldn't have sexy without having some sort of mysterious little naughty thing. The capability of turning all your knowledge into something that is playful. Stay playful, folks. you damn right I am, and I still am. Taking sex down a notch in our collective psyche from a thrilling slash terrifying taboo to an everyday slash awesome account is a great first step, and I'll admit, a pretty recent epiphany for yours truly. Uh, thinking about sex in communities and community can create discourse around representation of sex and who gets to participate, making room for queer and trans folk, people of color bodies different sizes and abilities. With any luck, like the founders of spit in a growing community of sex-positive educators and activists and performers worldwide, by finding ways to speak our sexual out loud, we might see what a quote-unquote community of desire as Sarah M. it, can achieve. This is my shit. And again, I say, this is my shit, damn it. Happy people fucking is from my sex issue, when, 2014, 2015. Ah. Bet your ass, I'm going to be kinky and wise. Let me see here. Where else do I go to? Here I go. What is primal sex play? Just one more flavor of kick off goes misunderstood. Shannon, Ashley, January 7, 2020. The biggest misunderstanding that I've seen about primal play is that it's always primal play. By the way, I engage in primal play and I engage in animal play. The biggest misunderstanding that I've seen about primal play is that it's always primal, that it's always animal play. That's not true. I will classify animal play under the umbrella of being quote-unquote primal. By the way, I'm primal. But you don't have to be animalistic at all to tap into your primal side. By the way, I I am animalistic too. Not if that doesn't come naturally to you. Primal sex is honest sex. I must say that I do have primal sex and that is one of my forms of honest sex. Here we go. Personally, what I like most about primal play is that it's an opportunity for all masks to fall away. Agreed. Instead of concerning yourself with a certain sort of sex act of getting each other off. I mean, I, we do certain sort of sex acts, my partners and I, we do get each other off. You're saying, you each realm of whatever feels natural and good, that's, that's me and my partners. Resulting sex play might wind up silly, strange, or aggressive. Those are my realities. For some folks, doing whatever feels good without concern about looking or sounding stupid might turn animalistic. That happens to me, but it doesn't have to be. For me and other primal partners, I discovered that it's more about expressing ourselves freely and wordlessly. That happens to me too. Doing what comes naturally. That happens to me. It's also about trusting each other implicitly. That happens to me. I'm going to be wholly W-H-O-L-L-Y myself. I'm going to be wholly myself and trust you to accept me completely. That's how I feel. Just like I W-H-O-L-L-Y accept you. Just as I wholly accept you. It's going to be some of the most honest, raw, and real sex that neither of us are interested in putting on the show. That's true for me. True for me. Primal plays all about the connection. That's also true for me. The Best thing about connecting with your partner or partners in primal sex is how you get to push and stretch your boundaries together. That's true for my life. You might switch off between being the hunter and the prey. True for my life. You might test line between pleasure and pain. True for my life. Whatever happens you are bound to meet a new side of yourself, as you do so, you connect with your partner and partners in new ways, too. That's all true for me. The connection is all about acting on in instinct. Many, tro- many people have trouble acting on in their an instincts and on their sexual settings. Um, by the way, the connection for me is all about acting on in instinct, too. I just want to say that. They're too concerned with protocol. They frequently overthink and find themselves unable to relax. resulting sex, often awkward and stilted. Those are none of my issues. Acting on instinct is a very powerful thing, agreed. We reject the quote-unquote shoulds in favor of raw emotional the desire. Agreed. Raw instinct can be rough, agreed, and it's not for the faint of heart. I agree. It's also not for parties who haven't established foundation of trust necessary for such intense experience. Agreed. Primal sex looks like a lot of different things. Agreed. For some folks, it's wrestling, I do that. Hair pulling, I do that. Fighting, I do that. Nipping, I do that. Or guttural sounds, I do that. For others, it's laughter, I do that. Tears, I do that. Body to body massage, I do that. Mutual masturbation, I do that. Looking at each other everywhere, I do that. It's free from shame, it's joy. I don't think there's anything else in the world quite like it. Agreed. And then it says, Final sex begins with getting in touch with yourself first. Agreed. I don't know that you can really get primal with a partner or partners so you know how to get primal with yourself first. Agreed. Practice whatever feels good to you. I do. Close your eyes and lose your inhibitions. I do that. Quit worrying about following some script and protocol. Learn how to revel in the sensuality and feeling of it all. Agreed. And then talk to your partner or partners. Tell them that you're interested in exploring primal play. Hey, that's how I'm able to keep being primal. Have a conversation with each other about what it might look like and how you might feel if either person goes too far. We've already had that discussion. We might decide upon having a safe word. I do. Some people argue that you can't be fully primal if you also got safety in mind, but I don't know that's, that. I don't know that that's true. I don't know either. I think instinct can remain raw while also preserving a healthy connection. Agree, but you have to be willing to go down the road part of their bodies. I so agree with that. That's a flavor of cake of mine, by the way. Hmm. Okay. I was silent for a little bit because I was trying to figure out the best sequencing for what I just read to you. And I showed enough found it. What is soul sex? Know the spiritual aspect of sex. I O A, spiritual N S F W. Not safe work, N S F S, not safe for school assignment. So and no, this is not religiosity at all this this applies to all types of people all right soul sex is more than physical intimacy it is the act of connecting with someone so deeply that you can look into their soul i experienced that when uh when a man enters your room what type of vibes and energy does he have is he happy or is he better is he a positive figure does he love himself does he love you When a a woman makes love to you, is she happy, is she positive, does she love herself, does she love you, is she a blessing or cursing you? I'm going to make this LGBTQI plus including. When an LGBTQI plus person enters your room, what type of vibes and images do they have? Are they happy or are they bitter? Are they positive thinkers? Do they love themselves and do they love you? When LGBTQ plus people make love to you, are they happy, are they positive? Do they love themselves and do they love you? Are they blessing you or cursing you? Soul sex is more than pleasure. Soul sex is a ritual where you exchange energies, emotions, thoughts, and consciousness. During sex, you're one and it's important that your vibes resonate. Each pump and thrust is an affirmation. Is your partner refueling? Healing and recharging your spirit, or draining the life out of you? Are they dragging you down to low frequency energy, unfulfillment, depression, or elevating you into the higher frequency of love, life, and bliss? Sex is powerful. You need to be mindful, master how your energy is exchanged, received, and returned back to you. The pleasures are temporary, but the ripples it, it passes last long. Sex should be healing, powerful, and rejuvenating and to every part of your being. From celluloid to your organs to your mind and your soul. The very thing that can give you a sense of satisfaction for a few minutes or for a long time if you do it right. Soul sex is powerful. It is a therapeutic medicine when done right. Ooh, yes. So everything I just. Okay, let me answer the question. Okay, first, before I get distracted, all those things I just read to you are positive. Truths and positive values for my own sex life. Okay. And when I enter your womb, what types of vibes and energies do I have? They're all optimistic. Optimistic. Am I happy or am I bitter? I'm happy. Am I a positive thinker? Yes, I am. Do I love myself? Yes. And do I love you? Yes. When a person makes love to me, are they happy? Yes. Are they positive? Yes. Do they love themselves? Yes. Do they love me? Yes. Are they blessing me or cursing me? They're blessing me. Okay, let me move forward. Lastly, for this article, soulful union and spiritual sex. I have those both things, by the way. Wondering how soul sex leads spiritual connection. This, during soul sex, one focuses upon the elimination of the soul gradually and soul and physical sexual pleasure. That's true. Such a soulful union is divine. Divine means all the human character traits that are positive in this context. This type of sex, also called spiritual sex, where one feels balance, pure bliss, warmth, and ego loss, especially during orgasm. Yes, yes. Sexual energy is the bridge, a connection back to the life force, however, y'all and I define it for ourselves individually. There are volumes of research on physical, emotional, mental benefits of healthy sex and how it promotes your spiritual growth. When two musical instruments don't resonate with each other's beat, the music is often and so the sex. Makes its proper flow in the right direction, takes you uphill, if otherwise you fall for your own bad. Let the souls meet, not just the body. That's how I feel. Those are my realities. so um, yes, I have soul sex, I, I, and I am and pleasured by the spiritual aspect of sex, most importantly. Uh, okay, soul sex is more than pleasure for me. Selfie and spiritual sex, I have that okay. I'm not repeating myself, but I'm just glad. Here we go. Um I'm quiet again so I'm still making sure that I frequent, right? So let me